Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Emily Garza with us from Fastly. Emily, I'd love for you to take a minute and just introduce yourself, your title, and your organization. Thanks, Shauna. As you said, my name's Emily Garza. I work at Fastly. Uh, Fastly's a leading edge cloud platform, and we help our customers deliver the best online experiences possible to their end users. Currently, I'm the director of account management, uh, but also started the sales enablement function here at Fastly. Emily, you and I have worked together a lot on the sales enablement Sware events that you've um, participated in in San Francisco over the last few years. And a lot of the conversation often revolves around kind of the pre-sales world, um, especially with regard to enablement. But you focus on post-sales customer interactions. And why is that important for sales enablement? Many of the businesses today are moving into the SaaS world and you know, having to regain customer trust and uh, engagement month over month. And this business structure means that that first sale that the pre-sales team is making is typically only the first touch point with the customer. Uh, And we need that account management or customer success team to really be engaged to keep the customer and ideally find growth opportunities. So as this post-sales function becomes a lot more critical to continual engagement and growth with the customer, focusing on enabling that team uh, becomes extremely critical for a sales enablement function as well. And due to kind of like enabling this, what I'll call the secondary sales force, this is why sales enable needs to focus not just on the pre-sales, but also the post-sales organization, because that's where a lot of the organic uh, and follow-up growth is happening with these land and expand type deals. Absolutely. And and you have a wealth of experience in sales enablement. So how has that helped you in your current role developing the account management org at Fastly? Yes. So starting sales enablement from the ground up is definitely difficult. Uh, One of the biggest pieces uh, strategically was that I've learned is gaining alignment and buy-in. So if you don't have that uh, from the key stakeholders, it's really a struggle to you know be effective in a sales enablement type role and i went to a conference uh, over the last year and one person described it as you know not just getting buy-in of someone's words saying that they're supporting you but actually demonstrating that in action which i think is so critical i know a lot of uh, people who are in sales enablement have struggled with you know, general initial support on a program or training that they've rolled out. Uh, But when push comes to shove and you're reliant on the managers to help coach and follow up on some of the things, uh, that's where you run into struggle. So making sure that you gain alignment on the overall strategy and really have uh, buy-in both on the words uh, and in the actions from those you're going to be reliant on. Uh, The second piece uh, that I'm taking from kind of the sales enablement role into this focus on account management is more tactical. So things like creating playbooks, uh, working on our product pitch as we look at uh, upselling and expanding our relationships with customers, as well as specifically identifying metrics. I love that. And how does your approach to sales enablement differ, though, between pre and post sales teams, given your experience in both 
And how are you building enablement into post-sales roles like account management at Fastly? So there are many things that in name are similar, uh, but as you look at a post-sales role, they might need a little bit of nuance or tweaking uh, specifically for that post-sales function. Uh, One thing that I mentioned was playbooks. So this is now not just looking at how to identify an ideal customer profile, but we're looking at how to conduct key value driving activities. So these might be things like business reviews, renewals, being able to tie in not only the upsell and growth opportunity, but the idea of longevity with the customer. Uh, Another similar piece is product pitches. So not only do we need to be able to detail what our product does and some of the general value benefits of that, but we need to be able to hone in and be very specific in what the benefit is for that company. We've had the luxury um, as a post-sales organization of getting to know them throughout the life cycle, understanding why they bought the solution initially, and we're really being required to provide that information you know, with upsell opportunities. Sometimes I th- think sales is able to more generically customize the pitch as they're still learning all of those customer details, but for the AM team, it's it's an expectation that you have that understanding and anything that you are talking about in terms of a growth opportunity, it's very customized to the customer that you're working with. As we look at kind of the AM specific uh, type roles and kind of those post-sale pieces, another uh, key focus for our enablement is around negotiation training. And this is also critical for the sales role, but I think the nuance and perspective here is really along negotiating, but also building that long-term relationship. So finding those values that we can align on, um, really understanding the critical pieces of evaluation for our customer so that we can you know, focus on those and make sure it's, we get to some sort of win-win solution uh, for both parties. We're also honing in on, uh, I'd say, some more AM or post-sales uh, specific things, such as product roadmap. So right now we're working on building out product roadmap certification. Uh, How our structure is set up is we'd like to invite uh, product to as many meetings as possible. Uh, Customers are always interested in hearing about the roadmap and some of the future things that we're looking at. But, you know, being realistic in terms of the count of customer meetings and everyone's busy schedule, we can't always have product uh, in the room with us. So making sure that uh, our post-sales team is well-versed in what is coming up uh, and being able to present that to the customer. And by creating this certification, it ensures that the team is ready and prepared to present that uh, in a way that we've agreed on is kind of the baseline um, and making sure that you know, this understanding is is demonstrated uh, rather than, you know, continually having the, I'll go back and check on that, uh, which, well, you have to certainly use that in some circumstances. Uh, it's not, it doesn't always build confidence for the customer. So making sure that we're able to have a baseline around what we expect around this presentation has been important. Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on, especially for account managers. They often need to have a knowledge base that they can tap quickly so that they can continue to add a lot of value um, in their relationship with their customer. So I think that is spot on. Um, I also want to ask you a little bit about how you think about onboarding a a post-sales or account management type team. How is that different uh, than sales onboarding? 
Yeah, great question. So we do a lot of the sales onboarding with the account management team. I think it's critical to have them understand the full cycle of the process so that as they start to get engaged with the customer, understand the experience they may have had through working with um, an SDR type team, working through the sales process. They need that context to be able to continue through the customer relationship. So we go through the typical sales onboarding, We also do things such as call shadowing, learning the product pitches. Where some of the nuances come in for the account management team is when we shadow calls, we're shadowing calls across the entire customer lifecycle. So this is doing some pre-sales calls as well as some post-sales calls, really understanding all of those different touch points so we have a really good understanding of the customer's experience. Uh, While we're doing those shadows, we often build in some pre-work and post-work where they're sitting down with whoever's hosting the call, understanding the objective, and then having a post-call recap to make sure that they understood uh, if the objective was met, be able to ask any questions on terminology and things that had come up during the call. Uh, Another piece, which is uh, less uh, concrete, I guess I'll say, is really a focus on internal relationships. So, as an account manager or anyone with that post-sales ownership responsibility, our success is really based on the internal relationships we form to be able to be a customer advocate. So one of the things that's very important as an account manager starts to ramp up um, here at Fastly is making sure that we have the proper introductions and relationship building to teams like product, to marketing, to finance, uh, so that they can understand how best to communicate with them so that our customer asks are clearly communicated and ideally uh, moved forward. How do you go about, Emily, measuring success, though, around enablement in a post-sale customer type role? So when we look at uh, metrics, uh, it's really not uh, not as clear-cut sometimes as a pre-sales role where you know you have you have a quota and you're selling against that quota. Uh, here we do have a you know revenue goal where we're looking to continue engage and grow our customers. Uh, I think that's pretty typical um, in a post-sales organization. But we're also looking at um, some less tangible items, so that are really focused on how we're engaging with our customers. So that might be things of, you know, do we have a really good understanding of what their use case is? Uh, Are we identifying new growth opportunities? Uh, How's their MPS score? Uh, And are there things that we can do to, you know, better engage and increase that? Uh, You know, looking at, you know, I mentioned revenue, kind of lowering churn um, or even impact on write downs. So as we go through a renewal, kind of not, as I'll say, giving away the farm, um, but finding a, a negotiation that uh, kind of works for both parties, really understanding where that customer value is being driven um, and making sure we're focusing this discussion around there. And let's flip the roles a little bit. How can a post-sales team help the enablement role? Yeah, so I think with any good symbiotic relationship, there needs to be a little bit of give and take uh, between different roles. And sales enablement a lot of times is seen as as this giving role. You're giving training, you're giving coaching. Uh, 
but there's a lot of things that enablement can get uh, both from sales but also from post-sales teams. And when I think about uh, the role that post-sales teams can own in giving feedback to enablement, it's really around uh, providing use case data. So as we get further uh, into accounts, really a deep understanding of how our customers are working with us and how they're leveraging our solutions to impact their business, uh, bringing this use case back to sales enablement to be able to build into things like pre-sales white papers and things like that uh, is very critical. And I think there's also an opportunity to allow enablement to listen in on existing customer calls. Uh, I know when I was in the uh, sales enablement role, one of my continual asks to the sales team was being able to hear kind of directly from customers uh, how you know our positioning was working, uh, you know, making sure that I was getting visibility rather than just you know sharing with the sales team, kind of seeing how effective it was out in the field. Uh, and I know some some sellers shy away from that. Um, and I know there's this precious balance as you know a prospect to you know make sure that a customer or a prospect is going through uh, this kind of established process, and you don't want to you know introduce too many new faces throughout that. And I think having uh, a post sales team who's got that comfort level with the customer, it gives a little bit of flexibility to allow enablement to come in. Uh, and shadow some of those calls and hear that customer feedback directly. And what are some of the ways in which you've motivated post-sales teams um, to engage and help enablement? Um, obviously, compensation is a big motivator on the pre-sales side of the house. But how do you how do you kind of drive that motivation with a post-sales team? It's a great question. Uh, ours is not driven by compensation, but I think a lot of it is driven by team culture. So uh, one of the earlier podcasts that I had been uh, listening to on Sales Enablement Pro uh, was around culture of learning. And I think that that is so amazing and it's really the culture that we're trying to build here. So I frame uh, the benefit of being on the account management team is you know being that customer advocate, being able to make those connections as well as a big focus around feedback. And so that includes getting people of you know, various roles within the company to become involved in customer conversations, in brainstorming for customer meetings and things like that. Uh, and so sales enablement falls into that group of people that we want to partner with. We want to uh, both gain learning from and share learning with. I love that. As a closing question, uh, given kind of your holistic view on sales enablement, I would love to understand the top two trends in your opinion in sales enablement that you're seeing in the market today. Sure. So the first one is really an adjustment to different learning styles. So I think in the past, we've gone, you know, this all day uh, classroom training and getting away from that one size fits all. Um, I've heard, you know, a lot of discussion on kind of bite size, just in time learning. And I think even within that, um, there's levels to adjust based on different learning styles. So that might be audio, that might be video, it might be written. uh, But, you know, getting an understanding of your sales force, either pre or post sales, and how they learn uh, to be able to deliver information in the most effective way uh, based on their different learning styles. I think the second piece, and I'll admit I'm a little bit biased here, uh, but 
Also rethinking enablement just from being pre-sales to anything that's customer facing. I think it becomes really critical to make sure that we have uh, uniform messaging, uniform process across all of the organization uh, that's interacting with customers and you know, in a SaaS business that can't just stop at that initial sale. I couldn't agree more. I think enablement has a lot of impact on the entire customer experience with an organization. So I think you're spot on with that one. Well, thank you, Emily. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. To our audience, thank you for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, please visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.